You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand ghost? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Blitinger Nation Radio Podcast. Now, now recording this, a dreary Tuesday morning in South Philadelphia. Weather is channeling the emotions of Philadelphia Eagles fans and really Philadelphia sports fans in general right now. I go to the Eagles game on Sunday. Nice day. A little chilly in the morning, but it felt good on the subway ride down to the game. Get in the parking lot, feels good. Gets a little sunny, but not too sunny where I'm hot and sweaty mess. Kept my expectations low. I said to myself, just need the offense to show a pulse. Probably going to get smashed. Double-digit loss, but just don't look like a complete embarrassment. And I'll be okay. And what do we know? What happened? I went in with zero expectations and somehow left disheartened. It felt as if the Eagles continuously left points on the board. I think I saw this stat just now on Twitter from 97.5's Jamie Lynch. The Eagles are, I believe, eighth in yards per game in the NFL, but 19th in scoring. They are continuously leaving points on the field, and you saw it. I saw it with my own two eyes in both the San Francisco game and this game this past weekend. I thought the game was over on the first drive. And not in a way like, oh, my God, the Eagles scored. It's over. They're going to be good. The complete opposite. Jalen Hurts, who I love, I thought he played pretty well. Not incredible, but all things considered that that was his, what, seventh or eighth career start. His fourth start as a QB1 with a rookie head coach and a rookie play caller who that's going to be the focus of the episode. That guy's way in over his head. Hurts misses Zach Ertz badly for a touchdown. The Eagles hit a full field goal. And it wouldn't be the last time that day that the Eagles had an easy chance for a touchdown and ended up settling for a field goal. The Eagles somehow, some way, were leading at the end of the first quarter. And at different points in the third and fourth quarters, they were – it was a five-point game. Those poor, poor decisions and poor execution that led to field goals rather than touchdowns and the stadium's booming with a rendition of Fly Eagles Fly. The Eagles left points on the board. And I think more so than any Eagles player himself, the main culprit there is Nick Sirianni. And look, Sirianni wasn't going to come in and be the next Kyle Shanahan, the next Sean McVay, or even the next Doug Peterson. He's never called plays at any level. He's young. And the rah-rah stuff that people might have been juicing themselves up about during the offseason training camp, wearing all the, the players – Players Union t-shirts, wearing a Brandon Graham shirt, a Jake Elliott shirt, Allen Iverson shirt. That stuff is wearing down a little bit right now. And I think I've talked about this in the podcast in the past. That 
when the thing started going wrong, all those little idiosyncrasies and quirks that made Sirianni, oh, this guy's fun, he's exuberant, it's different, it's a different vibe than they had the last couple of years. And I was buying into that. I was slurping it up. But I'm PO'd right now. I'm getting myself all worked up and sweaty. Again, you can see myself sweating in a nice Philadelphia Flyers sweater on the BGN YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. And the stuff where I, I went to school as a kid, as most people did, as everyone did, and, you know, grade school, high school, college. And I was a pretty good student. And I thought I was a good note taker, a good studier, and I did well in my classes. Humble brag. That's a flex. But I've never in my life even owned as many highlighters as Nick Sirianni, Sirianni had on his visor during the game. You have three Sharpies and highlighters on your head. You don't even have a play card. What do you have them for? It's weird. And it's, again, one of those things like, oh, my God, Nick Sirianni, he loves Sharpies and highlighters. That'd be fine if they were three and one and we're all buying into it. We're all gassing them up. We're all, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. But when things are going wrong, all those little ticks and fun things. And the same thing happened with Chip Kelly where he was a uh, a D-bag in his press conferences, but in a very entertaining way. Uh, if you weren't a media member. And once the Eagles came off those two 10 and six seasons and the vibes were good, when things really went south and Chip's final year here in 2015, uh, no one was playing Chip's game anymore. And no one's playing Nick Sirianni's game right now. Uh, I've, in my life as a fan, I've, I was born in 1994. I've said this a lot of times, but my fandom really starts in the Andy Reid era. So in my time as a fan, I've seen four Eagles head coaches. And I've been there for the beginning of three. Chip, Doug, now Nick. No one has had a rougher start out of those three. And this is the roughest reaction from a fan base that I've seen for a particular head coach since Andy Reid's final year here in 2012. And I was going to those games. There was fire Andy chance all the time. But Andy had been there. Since 1999, he had been there a very, very long time. I believe 14 years, right? He was here in Philadelphia 14 years. And he had won a lot. So it's a little bit different that people would just worn out the end. And while Andy's an incredible coach and he's, he's had a ton of success, even more success than he had in Philadelphia after he left here, unquestionably, it was a time to part for both parties. You know, Andy Reid wouldn't be as successful now if he had stayed in Philadelphia all these years. It, it was time for a clean break. And I think he refreshed himself, redid his offense, and obviously having Patrick Mahomes helps a lot, but things are different now. I've never seen a coach get the fan base so riled up, so negatively, so quick in his tenure here. There's usually a bit of a grace period. And it's different in other sports. You know, Doc Rivers and Brett Brown, those are different things. It's different with the Eagles where every game has this Huge magnitude to it. And I, I'm starting to think, and I gave Sirianni the benefit of the doubt after the press conference debacle, and I'm saying, hey, let, let's see how this goes. And even if Sirianni flames out, it's not because he had a bad introductory press conference. But this feels like it could be a lame duck year for Jalen Hurts himself too, who I know I like, uh, has shown some signs of growth. Uh, could be a plan of attack where if the Eagles have three top 15 picks, 
I'd still rather roll with Jalen and add some really nice pieces around him, both through the draft and via free agency. But right now, the guy who seems like even less likely to be here in 2022 than Jalen, maybe, is Nick Sirianni. He could be a one-and-done head coach. And this is one of those things, I, I think back to the end of the chip era, like I just said, and the Eagles had fired Andy Reid in 20, after the 2012 season. He had a ton of success immediately in Kansas City. Chip had a lot of success his first two years in Philadelphia, two 10-1 seasons before flaming out in 2015 once he had personnel control. And at the time, I was thinking, let's give Chip another shot at head coach, but take away the personnel power. And they didn't do that. Now that was obviously for the best. Things are worked out well for the Eagles, right? And I, I was nervous that if they were continuously firing and hiring coaches like this, they're having three coaches in a five-year period or whatever it is. That's a bad look. It's a bad look for your organization. You end up looking like the Cleveland Browns is what I thought at the time. When I thought the Cleveland Browns, they kept recycling through head coaches, firing guys after very, very, very short tenures with the Browns. And then they found Kevin Stefanski. Maybe I don't want to. It's going to be a bad look if the Eagles do poor this year. And Sunday's a must-win game. I said this, I feel like, every week. But you go down 1-4, 1-4, playing Tampa Bay on a short week, that's a loss. Traveling to L.A., that Raiders team is nice. That's probably a loss. Things ain't looking good. So what, like I was saying with Sirianni, I'm thinking, oh, it's a terrible look for the organization if they fire him immediately. You know what? Maybe they hire Joe Brady next year. Maybe they hire Kellen Moore. It could be wildly different in just one year with some new draft picks and a new head coach out there. I was at the stadium, like I said, on Sunday. And I said in the past, I've heard some fire Andy Reid chants. It wasn't the whole stadium or anything like that. And we all know, we all joke. Obviously, the the most casual uh, reptilian brain Philadelphia fans and all of us want the Eagles to run the ball more. And that's when the thing that's dated back to the Andy Reid ever. We've seen Eagles teams win the Super Bowl because of how much they pass the ball. And we've seen that all across the NFL. Yet, there is a part in a lot of Eagles fans that want them to be a 1980s team that just pounds the rock a million times per game. And I'm usually a pass every time guy, but the, the lack of carries in the, the previous two weeks, specifically against Dallas and night football, are absolutely egregious. And for the first time I looked, like I said, I've, I was there for nearly every home game of the Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson era. I was there a decent amount of time for Andy Reid, but not nearly even close to the majority of his games. And I've been to the two games of the Nick Sirianni era. There were 60,000 people chanting, run the ball at the game on Sunday. Not a couple of people screaming, run the ball, run the ball, Nick, run the ball, get Miles the ball. It wasn't like that. It was an entire chant, run the ball, run the ball. 60,000 people doing it. Look at the guy I'm sitting next to. He said, have you ever heard something like this before? He said, never, never. It's insane. And I don't think there's ever been a bigger disconnect between the, the fan base and the franchise in my time as a fan where I'm going down the game the last two weeks and the tailgate scenes aren't electric, really fun, but it's nothing compared to that has been in past years. And really, as as long as I've been going and tailgating games since the beginning of my college years and I'm, I'm left thinking, 
do people just not connect with this team right now, whether it's the coach, whether they're sick of Howie Rosen, whether they're sick of Jeffrey Lurie, whether they don't believe in Jalen Hurts, whether they don't believe in X, Y, Z. There is a disconnect there. And if this ends up being a true lame duck year where neither Sirianni nor Hurts, and I'd be okay keeping Hurts for next year. We'll see how the rest of the season's played out. Showed enough last year for me. Dallas game, pretty, pretty poor, pretty poor. Other three games, either okay to very good at times. But I think Sirianni, and again, he's only four games into his tenure. He could have a great clean calling on Carolina against Carolina on Sunday. And that changes everything. They're two and three. Come back home. Maybe they upset the Buccaneers. The whole tune, the whole narrative changes. But I, I can't help but think that if Nick Sirianni is actually here in 2022 and Jalen Hurts is still the quarterback, he's not going to last the year. And if it's a situation, again, where Hurts, the organization decides that Hurts isn't the guy for 2022 and beyond, that there would be zero point to keep Sirianni here when you'd rather just start fresh with a new head coach quarterback pairing. And I've never really had a true, true lame duck season as a fan since I guess really the only time in my life was 2012, right? Because it became increasingly clear after the disaster of the dream team year, the year before, where they go four and eight, ended up going eight and eight, thinking maybe they could build on that. And then things spiral out of control in 2012. They start three and one, finish four and 12. And by the end, you knew the writing was on the wall for Andy. There were people going in to the game. I, went, I remember one game I was tailgating in 2012, went in at halftime, got there, the two minute warning started, left halfway through the third quarter. I, I was just there to have fun because I didn't give one single iota about the team because it was a waste of a season. And I worry, and since then, whether the team has been really good or just okay, or even bad, they've still been in it for the majority of the season. And a loss on Sunday probably means they're going to go one and six. And I don't care how many division games you're stacking up at the end of the year. That's probably it. That's probably it. Nick Sirianni, I said this, against Dallas, and I think it's even more true now. Sunday, Nick Sirianni, is the biggest game of your life at any level as a head coach. You're not, this is the only time you've been a head coach. So at any level as a coach ever, whether you're a player at Mountain Union, whether you're this, whether you're that, you don't win on Sunday. You're probably going down one and six, and I hope you take the radio out of your car when you're driving to the game, to practice every day, games on Sunday. Maybe just rip the antenna off the hood of your car because you're not going to hear a single thing people are talking about you on the radio because if they're not already calling for your job every five seconds a day, they surely will if you lose this game and you go down one and six or, God forbid, you go to Detroit and lose on Halloween. This is going to be a short pod, right? I'm just venting. I'm PO'd. I'm like screaming in my apartment right now. It's 10, 10 a.m. I can't imagine what the people upstairs must think of me. They either think I'm insane which, not not true, or, you know, just an anger, angry person. Again, not not true. Or they must think that I am a, a very serious businessman who is making deals all day. Like, yeah, I just, I just got, I just got triples of the Barracuda. The deal went through. You, you always got to get triples. They probably think that's me. A very important businessman. But no, I'm not a businessman. I'm a podcaster who has a lot of problems, and all of them really start. With Philadelphia sports. I think that's it for me today. Yeah.
Maybe I'll do two pods this week. I need the vent about Sirianni right there. And the last week's comment where he's saying, well, we count our RPOs as runs. You count your RPOs as runs. Yeah, great. That makes sense. That's like saying when I drink beer, uh, the calories and carbs don't count because it's beer and not food. Does that make any sense? No, Nick. It doesn't make any bleeping sense. Oh, man. This is a family show. I try to keep it PG, maybe a little PG-13. And it's really hard not to just absolutely positively explode sometimes with this team. Our RPOs count as runs. Yeah, Nick, and the uh, the slice of sweet potato cake I ate last night, uh, that those carbs and calories didn't count. That's not really food. The only calories I had yesterday were from, uh, you know, a bagel I ate. That's it. I had 800 carbs yesterday from the bagel and cream cheese. I'm running a calorie deficit. I'm losing weight, Nick. You're not, though. I'm not. And you're not running the ball. I don't know. When on Sunday... Going to have another pod this week with Zoe, odds and end zones. Again, maybe I'll do another pod this week if something burns into my brain. But for right now, I'll leave with that. Get a little short pod, maybe for your commute to or from work, walking to the subway, whatever it is. I hope you're enjoying your day more than me, because I am not. That's it for me. Seamus Clancy, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Seamus underscore Clancy. If you like my podcast, if you like my tweets, check out my Patreon subscription newsletter from Broadsheet with Love, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Be sure to follow the BGN Instagram account that I run with our great producer, Ray Shell, at Bleeding Green Insta. Rate, subscribe, review. Uh, all your podcast platforms of choice. And if you don't use Apple Podcasts, download it and leave a review on there too. Whatever. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's it for me. Please, for the love of everything in our world, in this beautiful world of ours, please win on Sunday. Get your second win, Nick. Give us that juice going into the next week. It's a short week, but maybe, maybe, if the Eagles have a convincing win on Sunday, I'll be dumb enough to talk myself into the Eagles beating the greatest athlete of all time. Peace. As always, keep bleeding green. G and